Bayani Warrior Podcast, Episode 17, Achieving Balance with Jared Zimmerer. everybody and welcome to episode 17 of the Bionic Warrior podcast. Once again, I am your host, Guru Mike Panna, chief instructor and founder of the Bionic Warrior Martial Arts Academy, located right here in the sunny Dallas, Texas area. And in today's episode, I sit down with Jared Zimmerer. Uh, now, Jared, if you guys remember from episode six of the Bionic Warrior podcast, I actually sat down with him and I actually had the opportunity to sit down and talk with him about masculinity and strength and physical culture. Uh, but in this particular episode, I sit down with him again and we sit down and talk about achieving balance. Now, I feel that if anyone could speak about balance, it has to be Jared. Um, and the reason I say this is because Jared has such a vast array of things that he's doing right now. He is a married father of six kids. Um, he is a renowned speaker and writer uh, who travels the country speaking at various uh, men's events, uh, specifically Catholic men's events. Um, he is a writer for Bishop Robert Barron's Word on Fire publication, which you can find online. Um, and he is also a competitive powerlifter and avid martial artist. Uh, Jared and I have been able to hang out in the last few months, uh, just grabbing a bite to eat and just talking. And I found that there's a lot I can learn from this guy. Uh, so sit back, relax, and learn how to achieve balance with Jared Zimmerer. All right, so I am here with Jared Zimmerer at the Bottle Cap Alley in Grapevine, Texas. Uh, we're sitting here grabbing some food, and uh, we're, ta- we're going to talk today about balance. And Jared, as you guys remember him from the uh, previous episode, um, he was actually discussing uh, different topics regarding masculinity, but I wanted to bring him on to talk about balance. So for those of you who don't know who Jared is, Jared, can you introduce yourself and talk, kind of talk about who you are? Yeah, so, um, you know, uh, I live here in Texas, and um, I have an undergrad in kinesiology and a, a master's in, in theology, and I've always loved um, seeing kind of the, the, the depth of the human person, and, and you know, it all kind of started in college. Um, I was doing powerlifting and bodybuilding and, and a little bit of martial arts as well, um, and tried to kind of see, like, why is this stuff important and, and why does it go even deeper than we often think it does? Um, especially in the fitness industry, it's, it's vast majority of it is, is purely about, you know, what your physique looks like. Um, it's purely about kind of these, these external goals. Um, but I went back to a lot of the, the old philosophy and, and it really dove deep into the human person and it talks about how, you know, what you do with the body matters to the soul. And so it, it kind of woke me up and then uh, in terms of balance, it's, it's an interesting thing because particularly in, in fitness and, and a lot of the, um, you know, I guess actions of the body, so often you're, you're focused on, say, a, a physical goal of some kind. Um, and I always say that, you know, those things are absolutely fantastic, um, but we have to realize that, like, your life needs to be balanced around uh, what your kind of ultimate goal is here, you know? Um, you know, I mean, at the, at the end of your life, you go down as the guy that deadlifted 1,000 pounds, great, but, but how much does that really mean, you know? Um, so for me, it's like, let's do a both end here, you know, which is like, certainly have those physical goals, certainly have, you know, mental goals, uh, but then also, you know, recognize your goals as, as, a, as a father, as a parent, as a man, um, and kind of balance all of those things together. And what, I, what strikes me about what you're doing is that, you know, you, you're a father of six kids. Um, you know, you're, you're, pursu- you're pursuing your master's doctorate. What are you? Oh, yeah. And, yeah, finished my master's and eventually going to go towards doctorate. Oh, okay, awesome. So you're... 
<laughs> you're you're constantly. I'll, I'll get that later. Uh, you're constantly, um, you know, working. I see that you're a busy guy. I mean, I have one kid. That's a lot of work by itself. You have six plus your consistent in your workouts, plus you're consistent with your studies, plus you're consistent with your speaking engagements. You just said you're going to be in Waco soon after this recording. So, you know, um, how do you keep it all in check? I think that's what anybody in my position... Oh, your food's here. Yeah. I think anybody in your position or anyone who looks at your position would be basically be like, well, how does this guy do it? You have 24 hours in a day. So why don't you get, kind of give a breakdown about, you know, how you start your day? I know that morning routines are a big deal for a lot of successful people, especially for people like you. So how do you start your day, and how does that kind of set you up for the rest of the day? Yeah, I mean, I, uh, um, it's decently easy for me to be a, a morning person. Um, I, I slowly became an early riser after I started having kids. <laughs> You know, you, you kind of realize you can just you can deal with a certain number of hours uh, and still survive. You know, um, but the majority of the time, what, what my main focus is in the morning is to try to do something with the mind, something with the body, and something with the soul. Um, so usually that means like I'll have a time of reading, uh, just to kind of calm the mind. I, I like to read first before I go into uh, prayer and meditation. Uh, because it just kind of calms my mind, kind of gets me in more of the the mindful experience at that point. Um, and then I'll have roughly 20 to 30 minutes of, of prayer and, and meditation. I try my best to, um, you know, and even, you know, the, the secular uh, world would say that meditation is healthy and good for an individual. And so just those moments of trying to be mindfully aware of yourself and, and you know, the things that you're grateful for. Uh, stuff like that. But then also, I mean, as a Catholic, um, I, I try my best to absolutely have a, a, a very good prayer life um, and a relationship with Christ. So um, I have my own prayer books, and of course, I go to Scripture as well. Uh, but then typically, my it depends on the day. You know, like like during the week when kids are going to school and stuff, trying to get my workout in in the morning, it just totally depends on, you know, if my, because I've got two under two um, out of my six, and so if those kids are up and awake, and my wife needs to get ready and get the kids ready. I, I can't work out at that point, you know. So, um, but you know, some days, I mean, I get to get up at, at early and I get a weight training session in. I'll go have Brazilian Jiu Jitsu and then start my day. Um, but it just totally depends. You know, some days I, I come home from lunch um, and get a good 30 minute workout in. Um, and what I've been able to find is that one of the beauties of the growth of the fitness industry is that there's so many options out there for people that. Um, lead busy lives or, or people that perhaps, you know, wane on interest with a lot of this stuff. For me, I've been able to find powerlifting as kind of my go-to and, and bodybuilding every now and then, but powerlifting, you're able to get a lot done in a very short amount of time. So you're focused solely on strength uh, and you allow the diet to to just improve all of that and kind of be the core of everything. But, um, but yeah, it's funny because I, I every day I have my three goals I want to knock out that day in terms of work. Um, and for me, that's really helped me to just consistently get things done. You know, um, maybe not every day I knock out all three, but but I get a lot of it done, and I at least at the end of the day feel that I've accomplished something. Um, and I challenge guys all the time, like you know, look at your life and think about what are you doing for your mind, what are you doing for your body, what are you doing for your soul. Um, and and unless we're willing to kind of put forth the effort, challenge ourselves. Um, and think of new avenues. I mean, I never thought in a million years I'd get a master's in theology. It just wasn't my, you know, I mean, even when I was getting kinesiology undergrad, I, I didn't necessarily like school. You know, I was, I enjoyed it. And I liked, learned a lot, but it's not really something that I thought I would continue in academia. Uh, but then an opportunity came and I was able to just write an essay and got a scholarship to, for the whole master's. So, um, and so with that, now I'm addicted to it. I love learning and I love, you know, the whole things. So that's why I'm thinking about keep going. But 
Um, you know, in large part, it's just, you know, my heroes have always been guys that push themselves, and uh, so I want to be one of those guys too. Yeah, that's awesome. And so you're, we're, since we're talking about balance today, and this is actually based off a talk that you gave at, and you can eat, by the way, just knock yourself out. <laughs> I don't want to hold you back. It's your lunch break. Uh, but, you know, speaking of balance, you know, after attending your talk over at St. Catharines a few months ago where we first met, um, you know, let's kind of break down the elements. And I know that you talk about mind, body, and soul. And there's so much that goes into it because when you were, you were talking, and I recommend anyone listening to this, please go attend one of Jared's talks. He's amazing. Um, Let's break down the different aspects of life. So we're both fathers. Um, you're, you've definitely been in the fatherhood game a lot longer than I have. So how do you keep all that in check, balanced, you know, being a husband and a father? What are the, some strategies or anything that you've developed to kind of keep those things in balance? Uh, because I know that your, your lifestyle with working out and, you know, working and studying, it, t- it takes a lot of your time. So how do you uh, make that time uh, for your family every single day to explain what that's like? Yeah, I think... Um I think my, my first answer is having an openness to, to my wife's opinion. <laughs> you know, a, a, allowing her to call me on my crap if I'm going too far in one way or the other. You know, I, I did a bodybuilding competition a few years ago, and um, leading up to that competition, I mean, it, it's intense, and it's a 24-7 thing. And uh, at the end of it, my wife was like, yeah, you're not doing that again. Yeah. You know, because like, that was just way too much on our family. And, and it's not like I was making a career out of it. It was just something that I wanted to do. Um, and so it, it depends, you know, I, I always tell guys like, you know, when you have these goals, tell, you know, tell your wives, this is my goal and this is how I'm going to accomplish it. But I want you to be aware of if I'm going too far because I'm an intense dude. If I'm in something, I'm, I'm in a hundred percent. And so, um, I was open to my wife pulling me back and pulling back the reins every now and then. And even now I allow her to do that. I mean, I'm, I'm now considering, uh, competing in a boxing, uh, match or a tournament, maybe golden gloves or something. And been training for that but you know if I went all in I'd be up 24-7 again you know so my wife kind of helps me balance it um, uh, quite a bit but then also some other strategies is you know just uh, sometimes we only get one maybe two hours with the family be fully aware and in the presence of your family during that time so put away the phone put away the computer turn off the TV do all of that stuff go wrestle with your kids Go read with your kids. Go pray with your kids. Go, you know, go do stuff with your family. Um, and I've found that that really helps balance the whole project because um, they obviously rely on us to provide for them. So we have to work our butts off to do that. Um, but then when we're with them, just be completely present uh, with them. And, and sometimes that takes a very serious practice to get to that point because we're so connected all the time, social media and, and the like. Uh, to just straight up turn off your phone. And I mean, especially if you say you've got it one day off during the whole week, turn off your phone, turn off your computer, barely watch any TV, and just be with your family, you know? Um, so I find that that helps with balance as well. Uh, but, you know, I, I've never been one to really sit down and like schedule out my day. I just kind of, other than like my three goals in my, in my work life, um, I just kind of have a mentality of here's some things I want to get done. Um, and if you get it done by a certain time of the day, you're able to go home and enjoy your family, you know? So it's one of those things too of like, if you're really goal oriented and you're able to get your focus in and the time that you work, you kind of get to work less because you, you now have opportunities to be, to be with your family. So, um, those are a few things that's kind of worked with me. Um, but, but certainly, um, kind of letting our egos get out of the way sometimes, you know, I I think a, a healthy ego can be a good thing. Uh, but also there's kind of that side of us that, that can be prideful in terms of somebody telling us, hey, 
this is too much, you know. And, and so as a husband, as a father, we, we have to recognize, like, our number one vocation is to them. Uh, and so if there's these other goals, particularly the ones that aren't providing for the family, uh, like, you know, I you know, wanted to deadlift a certain amount or whatever, like that's, unless you're a professional deadlifter, it's great, but it's not necessarily something to bring home the bacon for your family, you know. So um, recognizing where those belong uh, has been, it's, it's, you know, kind of a mindset for me to, to try to balance everything. Awesome, man. So yeah, when while we're chilling here, I was I was thinking a lot about what we were, during our last conversation. If you haven't checked out our last episode uh, with Jared, uh, definitely check it out. Um, but the idea is that you know when you're talking about balance, you know you mentioned your wife first, and I thought that was really interesting. Um, you know I don't I I don't know much. I've never met your wife. Uh, she must be an amazing person to be able to you know be a mother of six kids and you know uh, help you through things. So you know what would, advice would you give to guys who are recently married or getting married of how to keep their marriage strong? Yeah. Well, you know, I, I tend to go to um, the ancient kind of uh, definition of love, which is willing the good of the other as other, right? Um, and so it's not willing the good of the other for myself, right? It's rather because I love them, I'm willing the good of them. And with that comes sacrifice. With that comes mortification. Um, one of my favorite authors of all time was J.R.R. Tolkien. And in one of his um, letters to his son when he's talking about marriage, he said that a good marriage only happens when the man is willing to mortify himself. Um, so there's certain sacrifices that have to go. But I, I definitely think, you know, keeping the friendship alive is vital. I mean, I, my wife and I, we have a kind of a dark sense of humor, so we're constantly giving each other a hard time and, like, <laughs> making fun of each other. And, and, like, if that ever stopped, we'd be like, uh, what the hell's going on? Like, you know, something, something's wrong here, you know? Um, but... You know, I, I think with in terms of my own experience with with my wife, um, it's been a consistency of like just again setting aside your ego, and and sometimes for guys that's that's a practice of mortification in and of itself. Um, but then also like um, going at this thing as a team, you know, especially when you start having kids and stuff like that. Sometimes it can be very difficult to have those moments with just you and your wife, and. Uh, I mean, I, with six kids, man, like, we have to be very intentional on finding time for us to be able to hang out together or just talk. I mean, I, I can't tell you how many times I've told my oldest son, hey, man, like, mom and I are talking right now. You're not involved in this conversation. Like, you need to go somewhere else, you know? <laughs> like, like, give us 15 minutes of quiet, please, you know? And, and so it, it's kind of one of those things of, like, the marriage first. Um, I, don't, I hate to say kids second because it's not necessarily true. But, you know, when the marriage is good, the kids are good, yes. you know. So um, I think guys that are kind of beginning their relationship, keep hold of, of the thing that attracted you to your wife um, and, and stay with that. Um, and don't let, you know, the, the attractions of money and wealth and all these other things that, that are certainly good and they're great things to go after – but don't let that deter you from having a great marriage because I've seen it time and time again where guys are chasing, 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 chasing either the almighty dollar or whatever, and then their marriage falls from shambles. Then they're sitting there filthy rich and, and unbelievably depressed. You know, like to me, a, a happy life uh, revolves around relationships. In fact, I, I recently watched this. Um, it's actually old TED Talk, but... Uh, it's by this doctor that he, he is the kind of descendant of 75 years worth of research on what makes people actually happy. And he said the vast majority, or at least the highest potential to be happy is good relationships. Um, and so for me, in terms of talking about balance, it's like, well, I mean, if, if you're, you know, if, you, if you're going after all this stuff, but your relationship is crap, you ain't going to be happy. 
you know, and, and even Aristotle, going all the way back to him, said the point of life is to try to be happy. And so uh, with that, though, comes self-mortification, self-sacrifice, and, and the like. Absolutely. So, you know, we talked about marriage. Uh, we talked a brief, briefly about your kids. I also noticed that your kids, you posted a really cool video on your Facebook of your two uh, sons sparring, which is awesome, by the way. Um, and I noticed a lot of people were, like, really liking that video. I mean, you saw some priests cheering them on. It was really cool. So, you know, how did you integrate your kids into your martial arts training and your fitness training? Because I find that when you integrate your family into what you love to do, it's easier to keep things in balance, right? So, but I also know that that's also a challenging thing for people. Like, if you have a relative or a loved one who you want to bring into that life, but they, they don't really want to do it, like, how did you kind of, in, kind of encourage your sons to participate? And I'm sure, like, how did you encourage your wife to get them to participate, you know, to get them on that path with you? Yeah, um... There's a few things to that. I mean, like with with my boys in particular, um, you know, I, I've I've studied masculinity and and kind of the uh, foundational principles of what what creates a good man. Um, there's a few things to that. One one is having a tribe, uh, a brotherhood of people, uh, but then the other is being willing to willing to test yourself against someone else. Um, and so as 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 young children, they tend to do that with their father. So. Um, you know, your two-year-old wants to wrestle with you because he's testing himself. He's figuring out who he is in the world and, and how he stands up to dad, right? Kind of the, uh, the adult gorilla, you know, kind of <laughs> keeping in check the young gorilla, you know? And, um, but so, so that's kind of the two things there. But, but also, you know, I, I've kind of taught them stuff throughout the years. So, they, so they've, they've kind of just been in it since the beginning. Um, as far as my wife's support, it's, it's interesting because she is very much a proponent of gender roles. You know, very much a woman should be a woman, a man should be a man. Um, and not to say that, say, you know, my, if my daughter wants to get into Muay Thai, I'm going to let her get into Muay Thai. It's perfectly fine, you know. Uh, but we firmly believe men are designed to provide and protect. Uh, so with that, there's certain things you have to do in order to teach them that stuff. And, and for me, I, you know, growing up, I grew up with a dad that he was a businessman, but he was a weightlifter um, and a very hard worker. And, you know, I was very blessed to have the dad I did. Uh, but we didn't really do like martial arts and stuff. A lot of my martial arts came from school and my own interest. Um, I went to a little small school and they actually let us box uh, in sixth grade outside, you know. And I mean, we put on gloves and just wailed on each other. And um, so I think if, if you have a family member that perhaps either doesn't understand it or just simply doesn't want to be involved, um, I, I would really focus in on... Uh, well, number one, if it's a fitness thing, they can find something else. It's, it's perfectly fine. But number two, if, if it's just kind of this like weariness of saying maybe putting your kids in, in martial arts or something like that, I would really focus in on what this does internally for a child, uh, a boy or a girl. You know, I, the, the confidence that they grow uh, is incredible. I mean, just the changes. I, my, my boys have been in it now for a little over a year, boxing and Muay Thai, and um, just the, the confidence level that's changed in them is, is very different. You know, they're, they're, they walk a little bit straighter. They're, you know, not afraid as much as they used to be. And, um, and you know, even the other, I mean, when we were sparring, or they, they wanted to spar, you know, and they, they didn't want helmets either. And I was like, nah, 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 we're doing helmets, man. You are too young. You're going to get, like, mess up your brain or something. Um, and it's interesting, too, because, like, you see they're in their personalities. This is one of the beauties of, of martial arts as, as well as weightlifting as well. But you see kind of, like, this balancing of their, their weaknesses and their strengths. So, like, my oldest son, Ethan, 
So I'm pretty sure that's yeah, your son's yeah. name, right? Yeah. Um, you know, he has, you know, he, he's got this, like, Irish temper that just can go off, man. And you see it when he's fighting. But then he has to learn, like, okay, but if you start to see red, you might lose the fight because you're sitting there swinging and the other guy's focused and he's going to pop you right in the right place, you know? Whereas my other son, uh, Bruce, he's, he's much more kind of laid back, but he's built like me, so he's, like, thick everywhere. And so when he punches, it hurts, you know? Yeah. So he's sitting there learning how to take a punch, but then waiting for that right moment, and then pop right to the ribs. You know, I mean, it's funny. In fact, I think somebody commented on there, like, I like how the, the other, one of the kids is uh, focusing and taking his shots, you know. And uh, so you see this kind of balancing of the personality, and they learn these things that, that especially at that young of an age, um, it's so important for them to learn, you know, because... Um, unfortunately, our culture and the education system that's set up right now is is not made for young boys to learn what it means to be aggressive, what it means to be the, the fact that it's okay to get dirty, to get bloody, like it's perfectly fine, you know. Um, and and that's been a problem for you know 40, 50 years, depending on where you live. But um, I, I just firmly believe that that martial arts teaches something to to young boys and young girls uh, about confidence, about who they are. Uh, my daughter, she wants, she's doing gymnastics, so she's uh, into that, which actually, if she ever wants to get into martial arts, it's going to help her because she's going <laughs> to be super balanced and all that stuff, but um, she, she wants to do the flips and the tumbles and stuff, so, uh, which I don't know if you've seen some of those videos of, like, George St. Pierre doing gymnastics and stuff. I'm like, that's why he's so good because he's an athlete at, at heart, you know? Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, I, I think that for my family, it's been martial arts, but, you know, I've seen for other families, it's been archery. I've seen for other families, it's been literature, you know, you know, something as simple as, I mean, sometimes for me to tell my boys, I want you to sit down and read, that's, that's almost more tough than getting them to go to martial arts. It's like, nah, man, I'm not interested in it, you know, <laughs> you know so you know, engaging them in a way that's something you can do together is a phenomenal way to have that kind of family unit uh, that, that a lot of families don't have. Absolutely, yeah. So it's really cool that you mentioned this uh, just now uh, when you're talking about what it means to be, and like the way to become a better man, uh, the concept of a tribe, the concept of brotherhood in your life. Um, one of the biggest challenges in reading all these different studies and statistics myself on uh, the lack of male friendship, that the American male is the loneliest he's been in decades. Uh, we're seeing a rise in suicides. We're seeing a rise in depression. We're seeing a rise in um, American male isolation, uh, just being kind of isolated in their own world. Even if they're with their families, they don't have that, that uh, surrounding support system of men, strong men around them to lift them up, to guide them, to keep them accountable. So in your position, and I'm just speaking from the outsider's view, you know, you have six kids, you got a wife, you got this job, and you're doing speaking all over the country. Um, where, how do you make the time for friendships, for creating male brotherhood in your life, given your life, given your circumstances? Yeah. I think this is also one of the, there's a few things to that. One is the beauty of the smartphone, the ability to text each other on a regular basis and still have that conversation going, even though you're not face-to-face. -face. But that being said, we do need face-to-face -face brotherhood. Um, and part of it is, I mean, I've found it at the martial arts gym I go to you know there's guys there I love that my sons are growing up around you know these other guys that are warriors but they're also willing to like teach them and mold them and train them with me you know uh, but then I have my you know my little own clan or a brotherhood or whatever you want to tribe or you know any of that in it and in large part it's my it's been a slow process but my wife has come to learn like you're a better man whenever you have opportunities to hang out with other men and so uh, you know I would encourage guys to to at least 
help their wives along the way of, of understanding this is how the male psyche works. Like we, we are built to do this. I'm actually, uh, there's an article coming out next, next week um, on Word on Fire about brotherhood that I, that I wrote. Um, and uh, there's really three aspects um, or cultural aspects of love that make a healthy culture. First is man and wife, second is mother and child, and third is brother to brother. Um, and not brother to brother in, the, in like the blood sense, but in the sense of like a brotherhood or a tribe. Um, you don't have to be from the same origin or any of that, but just guys who you can connect with uh, that have a similar mission, a similar goal in mind, and, and understand the virtues that it takes to attain that. Um, and so I think because my wife, you know, again, she's like super into gender norms and she, you know, and I think partially it's pushback from what's happening in the culture, you know. Um, but uh, so she allows it, you know, and in large part, I mean, it happens maybe once a month of where, you know, we get to go have a beer or something and, um, you know, go watch a fight or something like that. Um, but in large part, it's just knowing that these guys are there and knowing that these are people I can contact at any given moment and, and you know, spill my heart if I need to or, you know, a shoulder to lean on if need to or, you know, encourage them if need to, that kind of thing. Um, so it's kind of a, you know, I don't get to do it as much as I would like, um, but unfortunately that's also the nature of the fact that we're also spread out. I mean, <laughs> you know, uh, but, you know, the fact that I get, I can text buddies, you know, text you or anybody that I want uh, to, to just talk about this type of stuff, like, that's a huge help. And, uh, but I think one reason guys are, are lonely is because they're also afraid of sharing themselves with someone else. Um, and, and that's why I think, like, martial arts, weightlifting, outdoorsman stuff, you know, all that kind of stuff is so healthy because you're sharing yourself in a way that isn't quite as emotional as, as we think it's going to be, you know. Because uh, you learn a lot about a guy that, that you spar with. You learn a lot about a guy you roll with. You, you know, you learn a lot about a guy when you see him lifting a barbell. Like, you know, you don't even have to say anything. You just kind of learn about each other. Um, and so, I, you know, guys aren't necessarily geared towards sitting around and sharing their feelings, you know. Uh, but once you do some of these physical things together, it actually opens up the opportunity to do it in a healthy and masculine way. Uh, you know, Aristotle's levels of friendship, right? Um, so there's good, there's um, uh, common goal, and there's, I just forgot the last one. <laughs> but basically, you know, Aristotle would talk about like, you know, we're so focused on kind of just the, the what can I get out of this friendship as opposed to you know, just have the friendship to be friends and to be with each other. Uh, and men have been so geared towards thinking that if I'm really close with a man, that either I'm possibly like homosexual or, or uh, there's something lacking in me or I'm too much of a man's man to need another guy around, you know, and, and all of those are lies. All those are absolute lies. I mean, you go to the greatest warrior cultures of all history, it came from brotherhood. I mean, every single one of them. Um, and so I, I think that if we lose that, um, that's why our military is so powerful, because bringing that brotherhood together, I mean, it's an amazing thing. Uh, but if we lose that, it's very dangerous. I mean, as you mentioned, you know, the suicide rates are increasing dramatically. Um, in fact, I saw an article the other day that talked about how uh, being overweight and diabetes is actually second to being lonely among especially American men. So um, it's certainly a, a problem, but guys just have to put forth the effort uh, and, and do it in a balanced way. Absolutely. That's awesome. So, you know, we talked about a lot so far. We're winding down. You know, we talked about family, kids, marriage, 
uh, work, working out, martial arts, and now brotherhood. Um, I kind of want to touch upon something we haven't really talked about. It's, it's your uh, it's your writing. You actually are uh, an accomplished writer. You, as I mentioned before, you write for Bishop Robert Barron's Word on Fire. Uh, you also do public speaking. So I'm kind of curious, um, how did this kind of find its way into your life, coming from a kinesiology background and you know going to the martial arts and weightlifting, and then becoming a speaker and a writer? Like, how does that how did that find its way into your life? And also, how does that round you out and balance you out as a man? Yeah. You know, it's funny, I um, <clears throat> certainly didn't intend on going into either one of those, writing or speaking, but um, it, it all started actually with, once I started kind of looking into to my faith, um, and I tried to kind of figure out, now how does martial arts and weightlifting fit into this thing? And so I started to kind of write my own thoughts, uh, just kind of journaling, if you will, um, and I started to share it with my family, and then my mom basically was like, Jared, you got to share this stuff, like more people need to hear this. Um, then I had an opportunity with this organization that um, we spread what's called Theology of the Body, which uh, if you're not familiar with that, it was a, a, a theology and philosophy promoted by John Paul II uh, that talks kind of exactly what we're talking about here of like, you know, being fully present in the body, being aware of the body, uh, being aware of balance, all that kind of stuff. But anyway, that's, that's kind of how the speaking started is I was starting to get invited to churches. Uh, particularly to talk to young guys. Um, and so that's where it started. And then I wrote my first book, uh, The Ten Commandments of Lifting Weights, which is basically an integration of Christian spirituality and and kind of what I call the aggressive life, you know, of weightlifting. And I particularly focus on weightlifting in that one. But um, with that, I ended up getting an introduction to, to Father Steve Gruno, who is the CEO of Word on Fire. Uh, he's a big weightlifter as well. And, um, you know, been now I, I work for them full time. Uh, but the writing, it's, it's funny because I was never much of a writer, but as I continued to read, my writing got better. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, when you, when, you <laughs> when you read the greats, your writing can just slowly but surely get better. And I started to kind of work on my craft and started to, you know, I, I started to enjoy creating, you know, uh, good essays and, and all that kind of stuff. And then it turned into uh, books and, and the like. Um, and now most of my speaking, it's, it's part motivational, um, you know, just trying to get, because I, I speak to a lot of men and also a lot of high school students, boys and girls. Um, and I think especially our high school kids, like, there's very few people that are actually challenging them to, to strive for greatness. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of sad, to be honest with you. A lot of them are told, whatever you want to do, you know, and that's fine. But like we gotta challenge them too, you know, and challenge them to think bigger than than what their kind of small world is. I mean, the average high school kid now spends nine hours on media a day. Um, so for me, it's like, man, I'm gonna challenge you to get back into your body. We're so focused on the minds, right? Uh, but I think I also kind of brought something that perhaps the um, the speaking world didn't have at the time, which was a lot of integration of uh, particularly Christian and Catholic spirituality and this kind of hardcore. Uh, lifestyle, like, you know, this aggressive life, because um, you kind of have these two camps where on one side, they, they don't want anything to do with this aggressive, you know, kind of behavior, especially in the weight room and the, you know, boxing and all that kind of stuff, guns, you name it. And then on the other side, you have where there's way too much of that and very little spirituality, you know. Um, and so I think I kind of tried to blend those two. And, and you've seen kind of a growth, um, uh, praise God for uh, more and more people talking about the 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 interior life along with the exterior, 
Um, and so it's been kind of a, I don't know, it's just been weird. I've just started to say yes to things and things happen. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, well, Jared, thank you so much for coming back on. Uh, how can the listeners uh, learn more about you? I know that you have, uh, you're, you're active on Facebook, Instagram, but how would you tell the listeners, you know, uh, how they can best reach you and research your work through Word on Fire? Yeah, you can, um, you can email me through Word on Fire or the yeah, best place is really our Instagram or Facebook. Um, you can connect with me on there or uh, DM me on either one. Um, I'd be happy to help. I'm in the process of refurbishing a website, so I don't have a website right now, but um, through social media, you can get in contact with me. All right, guys, so there's my interview with Jared Zimmerer. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in to Episode 17, and if possible, please leave us a review on iTunes. It definitely helps our visibility and definitely helps get the Bionic Warrior lifestyle out there. All right, guys, so take care. God bless, and remember to be the hero in your life. (laughs) 